Welcome to Mastermind, the show where you learn to develop and master your skill from the best of the best. Yes, your host, Mr. G. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Our guest today is the son of a God. Not Jesus, guys, but you, God, from the Wu-Tang Clan. He's also the nephew of Method Man. So you know he got that intel. He resides in Staten Island and has been doing his work for well over 10 years. He's traveled all over the world doing what he loves to do best, making quality music. He's collaborated with a long list of artists like Big Trey D, Master Killer, Method Man, Fred the Godson, Mickey Fax, Chris Rivers, Nitty Scott, Inspector Deck, Token, YDB, and Snoop Dogg, just to name a few. When he's not killing it on the mic, you can find him behind the camera. Yes, we are talking about a triple threat, writer, hip-hop artist, and director. He has shot and edited over 100 music videos from artists all over the world. He's also the founder of Intellectual Entertainment that seeks to assist young artists in making a name for themselves in the industry. Let's welcome today on the program, Intel. Intel, how you doing today, man? I am doing great. That intro just, man, that was great, man. I, I think that was the first time I really got an intro like that. I've been doing interviews for a while, and uh, that was that was the best intro I've gotten so far, man. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, man. And it's definitely, you know, well-deserved, man. I've been watching you kind of do your work for the past 10 years, man. Just, you know, people don't know, but me and Intel have a history, man. We, we met in college, and... I don't know if you remember, man, but the first time I met Intel, he was um, it was at this poetry club in college, and you know one of my friends told me I should come or whatever, so I came for the for the day, and I think it was like the first meeting of the uh, semester, and everybody was spitting like you know their poems. It was like an open mic session, and then Intel comes out and spits his stuff, and he was talking about like people in his neighborhood and just making fun of every single person in his neighborhood. And, Everybody was like dying laughing. It was hilarious, man. But I don't know if you remember that, man. But I, I don't remember the specific rhyme, but I do remember the club. Shout out to Snaps. Um, yeah. At some point, I ended up on the board. I, you know, I was I was rocking out with Snaps for a while. Um, it was dope. It definitely helped me flesh out my creativity during those college years. Yeah, man. Snaps was cool, man. I forgot the name of it too, man. Snaps was cool. Yeah. And then, because you know, I remember because we didn't clap, we snapped, and that, and then that taught me poetry etiquette, spoken word etiquette, and um, and then I, I always re I remember that I forgot what snaps stands for. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we got we got <laughs> we gotta find that. I forgot too. We gotta find that. <laughs> yeah, man, that that was a nice club, man. I actually used to enjoy going there every week and just hearing. Wonder if it's still there. That's true, man. You should definitely look into that, man. You gotta go back to the alma mater and just like 
put our name on that building. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, yeah, man, like just with you, man, when, when people hear the word Wu-Tang, I know young people because I speak to young people, mm-hmm. they will scratch their head like front and back like who, 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 Wu-Tang? <laughs> what are you talking about? So how would you kind of explain Wu-Tang for the young listeners or people that that are not up on their hip-hop <coughs> hip-hop history? I feel like there's a very small part of the hip-hop collective population that doesn't know who Wu-Tang Clan is because even the youth have access to Hulu and Hulu spent a lot of money promoting their show which is based on, you know, Wu-Tang and their uprising, um, in addition to Showtime pushing the documentary. So there's been a lot of resurgence of the Wu in the, you know, around the, the, uh, the young um, ears. Uh, also, the, the young artists that are popular pay a lot of homage and respect to the Wu. Logic did a song with all the members of the Wu, and Logic has a lot of fans that, mm. that are youthful, um, and, you know, et cetera. So that's, you know, one thing. The other thing is, if you are one of those people that have never heard of Wu-Tang Clan, that's totally fine. You know, there's plenty of people I haven't heard of in genres across the world and at home. Um, but if you haven't heard of them, what the word Wu-Tang should mean to you is pure dopeness. And you should Google it and then start there and, and then tell me how that journey goes. <laughs> I mean, man, you know, as an educator, man, you would be surprised at the stuff young people don't know, but... Wu-Tang is definitely on that list, um, as crazy as it may sound, man. I think, like, the average, you know, young person that really is into music would probably know, but the the people, the, the ones that listen to kind of the new age music are not really up on it. And, and this is from personal experience. I've asked kids, like, yo, you know who Wu-Tang is? And they'll look at me like I got 10 heads. Like, so it's... it's uh, I, I believe it. It's just, it's um, you know, they are, you know, the younger generations... They are, they're, they're living in bubbles. You know what I mean? They're living mm-hmm. in bubbles, social media bubbles, uh, home bubbles. Like they're not going out. They're not really exposed to, to a lot. And they're either living with their, they're living with their eyes closed or their head down on the screen. And, you know, if Instagram is deciding what you see, you may not come across something that Instagram doesn't think you'd be interested in. But if you actually step outside, maybe you'll see. Uh, Wu Tang American Saga poster somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. people are they're in their bubbles, which is totally fine. There's plenty. There's you know there may be more people in, of the you know younger generation that know Takashi Six Nine is than know who Wu Tang is, but that's totally fine because of those people that are have the curiosity to actually explore music, they'll find out. You know, they'll, they'll find their way to it. Sure, for sure, but. Let's let's help them out a slight bit. So if you have a, a young listener that's scratching their head, can mm-hmm. you give me like a, a go to album or a go to track that, that they can really get like, oh, okay, this is Wu Tang, like I'll start with the track because, you know, the even myself is more you know, it's challenging to listen to full album these days and then you gotta find the time mm-hmm. when you're not dodging the pandemic. Um you gotta listen to Protect your neck. You gotta listen to Protect Your Neck. Full blast. And if that doesn't suck you in, if that doesn't pull you in, then move on. <laughs> I'm that com- I'm that confident in that record. That, that confident. Is, that's an ill track. That's an ill track, man. Yeah, yeah. And just 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 the uh did you did you name an album? Um, no. Oh, if you do have time to listen to an album, listen to 
I would say Enter the 36 Chambers because that's the first one. That and one is fire, fire. It's, it's blasphemous for me to say anything else, but listen to Supreme Clientele by Ghostface Killer if you are under 21 because I feel like that album will resonate with you more if you're under 21 right now. Yeah, man. And just with the whole group, man, like everybody kind of had their own kind of style that was unique, man. That's one thing that I think a lot of people respect about you know, the whole Wu-Tang Clan, that everybody was bringing something special to the table. It wasn't just like, you know, one art, one rapper or one or two that were spitting fire, but it was like everybody was, you know, had their own thing. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, all right, so let's get into you, Intel. And I know, like, a lot of people, too, like, probably, like, well, you know, Intel is trying to make a name for himself from his father, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's not really real. Like, what, what would you say to people like that that just say, like, you know, yeah, yeah, trying to live out that legacy and not, and you're not really nice like that, you know, like other people. Well, first I would, I would ask, what have you heard? You know what I mean? Like, what have you heard from me that helped you form the opinion that I'm not nice? And then if they actually listen to me thoroughly and they feel like I'm not nice, they're entitled to that opinion. I personally know I am one of the nicest writers rappers, artists, directors, fathers, whatever I am. I am <laughs> the nicest of that on the planet. Um, so it very it takes a lot for someone that I look up to highly to really rattle me in that regard. Supreme confidence. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Alright, so let's let's get in let's dive into you, man. That's enough about the the woo. Let's talk about the new woo. Second yes. gen. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so um where did you get the name Intel from, man? What inspired all that? Um, so my first rap name was Mr. 16 when I'm 16 years old. That's so the hottest 16 you ever heard. And I gave that name to myself. And I realized at the time how terrible it was. And I realized <laughs> now. Um, and then I was like, nah, I got to change it. And when I realized the type of rapper I was going to be, when I realized, like, all right, I'm not going to rap about me shaking and you know, getting money and because I'm not doing any of that. It's like, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm I'm doing science projects. I'm doing research. I'm looking up physics. Like, you know, so I'm gonna rap about what I think is cool, my point of view, my perspective, how I'm living my life, and um and give that a try. So I came up with the name Intelligent Black, which is so many syllables. It's just such a mouthful. It's like that's too much. Mm -hmm. And I shortened it to uh DA young intel so the young intel and i was the young intel for a couple of years then i dropped the duh and i was just young intel that was like my college years and then intel for a while and until now obviously when i dropped the young um but yeah it, also i like the prefix you know it, intellect intellectual intelligent intelligence intellect Mm. You know, well, military information, you know, important information, knowledge, and that's what I try to provide through my music. So that makes the most sense to me. That is dope. That is dope. Um, as far as just you know your story and you coming up, like, can can we dive into you know childhood and what life was like for you growing up, especially you know people knowing you as you got son and. Um, you having that, you know, as well, like growing up. So what was that like? So 
childhood was cool. Um, I was born before they became famous, so I was a regular kid for a while, and then they became famous. And I was still a regular kid because where I was, you know, back in the day, there's a certain type of respect people, the neighborhood had. Like, they knew, but they wasn't, like, all over me. You know, they wasn't like, yo, let me go be next to him because I'm going to get rich. Like, people didn't think, you know, people thought differently back then. So, um, and then what happened to me in 94, the accident, that kind of made me more, uh, you know, brought me more attention than, you know, who my father was. Um, and then as the years went on, as I'm getting older enough to listen to the music and have conversations and, you know, with people and strangers that are fans, they're starting to cool off. Mm. So by the time I'm at that point where I'm like, yo, I'm you God's son, and, you know, to try and use it for whatever clout purposes I, a young-minded person would use it for, uh, nobody gave a F. Nobody <laughs> gave, you know what I mean? Nobody wanted to, you know, none of the girls were like, oh my goodness, come here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't really that type of thing. And then, you know, maybe... Being Method Man's nephew, people thought that was kind of cool, uh, but that really is as far as it went for me. So uh, I wouldn't, really, I didn't really get any special treatment, positive or negative for it. People were kind of indifferent. Um, but what I did get was every once in a while, like adults who were fans, um, teachers, they would become close mentors to me um, and, and really help guide me and give me like special attention and special treatment. And as far as education goes, so I feel like I benefited along the lines of that. You know, it's like if a teacher is going to go the extra mile with a student, it takes a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that we could talk about music and also all the educational stuff as well, I guess, made it easier for them. Um, and, you know, of course, the rest of the class looked at me as the class, you know, teacher's pet and the, the nerd and all that. But I didn't care because at that time, getting good grades, like, that's what made me happy. So I was like, yo, let's go. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all, man. Getting them good grades. So you was a straight A, straight A kid? Uh, up until college, yeah, like all, I mean, you know, high school, I was, I went to a, I guess a rough around the edges high school and it wasn't hard. You know what I mean? Like if you just, right. if you just showed up and like listened, you could, <laughs> you could get a 99 on it. Like the testing was not, comp looking back as a high school student, like, oh my God, this is so hard. But like as an adult, it's like, yo, all you got to do is show up, pay attention and take the test. And you get hungry. Um, I didn't really, you know, I didn't do drugs and drinks, so I didn't have, I didn't play sports, I didn't have friends, so I just, paid, I just paid attention to school, and uh, yeah, so um, that's kind of crazy. Say, I wouldn't say straight A, but like I, I you know, I was, I was good, I was good. That's kind of crazy, man. That that you know, I guess that time too wasn't cool to be smart. I find it like nowadays, like smart kids get have a little bit more popularity than they used to have, but you know. At, between you and I's time growing up, man, you, you getting straight A's, man. <laughs> people, people won't be around like that, man. But with with your grades, now I see like kind of why 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 your pops was tight when you told him you wanted to be, a, you know, following his footsteps and be be a hip hop artist. He probably like yo. We, we never had <laughs> we never had that conversation. Really? He never asked me what I want to be. Really. He doesn't, like, we don't, you know, men from that era don't ask their sons what they want to be. Mm. They, they either, either the son starts to do what the dad does naturally, and then the dad agrees with it and brings him in, or he disagrees with it and pushes him away, or they tell them be this because that's what they wanted to be mm -hmm. and couldn't be. And then if you make it, they're proud of you, and if you don't make it, 
they're not proud of you, but they can't tell you that. Like it's it's a really you know crazy web in my opinion. But he wanted me to be whatever I wanted to be, so he says, but within the realms of something that comes with a four hundred one k and a pension, and uh, you know what I mean. Like got it. it. He wanted me to be in the matrix, even though he spent years teaching me what the matrix was and that <laughs> I shouldn't, you know, and to go against the matrix. And then it's like, but you wanted me to go to school to learn the matrix, to graduate, to be a part of the matrix. Like that's not what's in my DNA because you know about it. And you taught me, um, you know, that we're leaders and we're meant to lead and, and, and especially in the creative field. So mm. I discovered my love of filmmaking before writing um uh, or doing poetry so that's what they nurtured you know my mother my father they nurtured me as a filmmaker and then music was kind of always they just thought it was like my hobby mm-hmm. um but i i knew you know once i got um i didn't think i'd get to the point where i'm you know i would i'd be so blessed to have been to share the track with the people i shared tracks with and um, to make the songs that I've made and to made the, you know, the finances that I've made to be able to support my family and, um, and this deal that I have, you know, currently with Tommy Boy Records to put my music out for the world to hear. Like, uh, you know, I've, I've been rapping a long time and the time that I've been doing it, obviously more, you know, some people have been, could be further or they could be, you know, no, no further than me or, or even uh, not as far as me, but, um, I'm appreciative of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, you mentioned like '94 too, man. Um, about the accident that happened in '94. Yes. Um, so what what was that, and like how old were you, and then kind of the experience like after that? I know your dad rhymed about it too. Like he had a track when he mentioned kind of what happened, um, and how he felt about it and everything. But can you walk us through that, like what happened in '94. So in in March of '94, um, I was on my way to a birthday party, being escorted by a babysitter. My mother had to work. My father was in Los Angeles with the Woo on tour. Um, the babysitter was given money to take a cab because it was the, the birthday party was in the later part of the day, mm-hmm. you know, but not like you know complete nighttime, but like too late to walk by foot. Also, it was kind of far. From where we lived, so we were supposed to take a cab. Babysitter pocketed the extra money on top of the other money to babysit, and we walked. As we're walking, we walk past uh area in Stapleton. This is in Staten Island, and there just happened to be a shootout. You know, some cops were shooting at some people that had just done a robbery, maybe mm. gang, drug dealers, who knows, and. They were shooting back. So it was an all-out shootout. And one of the bullets ricocheted off, I think, the fence or the brick wall and went through my back, through my kidney, out my hand. Wow. Destroyed my left kidney, part of my spleen, and my spine uh, hit my spinal fluid. Um, so laying there on the floor, bleeding out, ambulance on the way, people screaming. One of the police officers picks me up puts me in the back of a squad car, drives to the hot drive to the hospital because the ambulance is not going to get there in time. Right. Uh, when I get to the emergency room, they bring me 
immediately to the OR. Removed my my left kidney had to be removed. Wow. Part of my spleen had to be removed. Um, and then they told my parents I was I was paralyzed from the waist down, and I'd never walk again. That's oh, they told, my, they told my mother obviously when eventually when she got to the hospital. My father uh, he got there a day later. Um, about six months after that, I was walking with a walker, and about a year after that, I was walking again without assistance. Wow. So how how old how old were you? Uh, I I had just turned. This was ninety four, so I had just turned two. Wow. October of ninety three. So, so you I just started walking, that. like, or yeah, wow. yeah, very early. That's crazy. So the begin, yeah, your beginning memories pretty much was your recovery process. Well, I actually, I don't remember. I have flashes of memories from that process, you know, like the therapist and you know, just flashes, but nothing solid, nothing emotional. And, um, yeah, my earliest memory is from five years old. Yeah, but, um, this was two, two and a half. So I don't remember, I really don't remember anything before five. I don't remember the accident. I just have that story from 29 years of people telling me, and I extrapolated all the data, <laughs> you know, made a nice, you know, created a nice visual representation of the story. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, like when you were five, did you did, were you feeling pain? Were you feeling anything from it, or was it just like regular? Like you didn't even notice. So, I've always had a limp. It didn't hurt, but I just knew like, okay, I don't walk the same as everybody else, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand why. But it's an observation I made early on. Um, the pain didn't really start until. I got actually no, that's not true. Every every like year at the end of the year, like around like flu season, um, I, I guess it's some inflammation uh, and nerve damage. I get these really bad pains in my legs. Like, it feels like lightning. You know what I mean? Like or wow. being stabbed from the inside with a lot of little needles. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember having those pains every year of my life. From the, for as long as I can remember, which is since five years old. Um, but as far as like everyday pain, I didn't have a lot of everyday pain when I was a kid. Thank God. That's now. <laughs> wow. So that's this now. is it's now from the same accident. <laughs> yeah, because you know when you're young, your immune system and your body is is constantly in generation. It's constantly growth and healing and new and excited. And it's like, oh, we got a cut. Let me heal that cut. Mm-hmm. Broken bone, let me heal that broken bone. Oh, you got a cold, let me cure that cold. You know, plus or minus, plus 15 years, 30 years, you know, you get a cold, your immune system's like, oh, again, bro? Like, bro, you gotta <laughs> fight, like, like, eat better, bro. Like, come on, man, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? You, you get a broken bone, like, oh, bro, like, again, bro, like, heal, bro. Drink some milk, get some calcium vitamins. I can't do this by myself. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a whole different game. And, I'm also doing more. So it's like as you get older, your body gets it gets harder for your body to do what it needs to do, which is why it needs more support, eating right, exercise, and all that. Um, but it also, um, if you're doing more, it gets harder. So you need to, you know, more upkeep. And I, having two kids now, under two years old, which, Lord, I signed myself up for something. Um, <laughs> it's very, 
people don't realize, you know, those, I mean, obviously, if they don't have children, uh-huh. it, it is it is not just all kids are expensive, and, you know, and it's responsibility, and, you know, whatever trials and tribulations people who don't have kids tell you. The but one of the main things I find challenging um, is the physicality. It is a very physical thing to be a parent. Like you mm-hmm. have to constantly be in motion, and when you do sit down, you fall asleep. <laughs> so it's like if you don't if you, if you don't have the time to fall asleep, you can't sit down. Like it's it's a real crazy paradox. Um, and it's only I only find that challenging because I don't have the physicality that I'd like to have at this age. Partly because of my own fault in not having a proper diet and exercise regimen and sleep regimen, but also because uh, what happened to me, which is not my fault, and the, and the ramifications that I still have to live with that in the day to day. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and and you can you can always change the eating and the sleeping, man, absolutely. and the exercise. I, I, I well, I not can, the sleeping. You got the kids, but the exercise and the eating. I know. I know the, the herbal medication is what I is what I use now, but I know I can bring my pain down without the herbal medication if I change my diet and exercise. It's just it's a work in progress. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, it's it's not built in a day, man, but I think you got the you definitely got the right intentions in mind of, of what you need to do to create that change. So I can see us talking five years later and you're like, yo, now I'm doing this and da 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 like that. Yo bro, <laughs> bro, yo, look at the biceps, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna be a bodybuilder. I'm telling you, give me five years. What? Some creatine, <laughs> crab cakes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, so, so let's let's get into the the music story now. Like you are, you know, now discovering that you like this music thing. And did you start off writing or just just fitting tracks? Like how how did things start for you? Um, I started off with poetry. Just you know, jotting down words that rhyme. Once I learned what poetry was from school, and and then I could do it at, you know, at home, and it wasn't just something that you know you had to do in school. Mm-hmm. And and once I realized like, oh, I don't have anybody to talk to right now about how I feel about whatever. Maybe I should try see if I could make a rhyme out of it, and mm-hmm. it's something to occupy my mind and take me out of reality for the moment. Um, and, and most of my early stuff was about girls. I was very heavy set when I was a kid. Yo, that's kind of crazy too. Like, I don't think people yeah, would yeah. even <laughs> imagine it. Like, looking at you now, but yeah. you go back in time, man, they'll be like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was well over two hundred pounds for a good portion of my adolescence, and uh, I did not have a lot of female attention. Not that I should have as an adolescent, but yeah, yeah. Even even having a female friend to talk to would have been nice. But I'd had the paper and the pen or the paper and the pencil, which is fine because it led me to who I am now. There you go. Um, and then eventually, when the weight shrunk away, uh, the women came. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and then it escalated to figuring out a way to record myself. Like I was like, well, I have to record myself. I have to be able to hear this. You know, I, I can't just always take my notepad out and, you know, in my head, in my, in my Walkman, I'm sorry, my Discman, and play the beat and do all of that every time. Like, I have to be able to hear myself. So mm. I had a, someone bought me for Christmas, like a cheap uh, MP3 player. This is like around the time of the first iPod, but not like iPods weren't the thing. Um, MP3 players were still, you know, cheap and everywhere. And the MP3 player also had the ability to record. 
So mm-hmm. I, I had an old laptop with iTunes and some beats on it. So one day I just played a beat and then I pressed record on the MP3 player and I rapped. And I said, let's see what happens. And when I went and plugged the MP3 player in the computer to take the file off, it, it was the beat and my rap in one piece. And I was, I was flabbergasted. I had to be about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Years old, and I was like, "Yo!" It was like it was like a uh, you know a science experiment. It was like uh, <laughs> when you when you make a volcano with your dad, and you pour the baking soda, and you see it explode. Only I was by myself. Right. And I was like, "Yo, did I really just do this?" You know, and it, it filled me with so much. Like, it's the first time I'm talking about this in this much depth. Sorry for going so. Oh long. no, no, we gotta hear it, man. I, gotta um, hear the origins. It was the first time I really felt so much confidence in myself because. Not that my parents weren't in filling me with confidence, but it, you know, I wasn't really doing much for them to, you know what I mean? Like they weren't the type of parents to be like, you know, you woke up today, good job. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you had to really, you had to earn it, and I wasn't really doing much to earn it. You know, school, I guess, but when you're in junior high school, what do those grades really matter? Um, you know, you get get good ones, but like you know, they, they, you're not, you know, it's not Harvard. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to a great private gymnastics school. Anyway, um, I didn't hear a lot of praise at that age, mm-hmm. except maybe for school. Um, not for anything creative, which I felt represented more me, you know, because like school's like, well, that's something that I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can, I can listen and regurgitate and, and pick between A, B, C, and D. Right. But these songs, these poems, these paintings, these drawings, these scribbles, that's me. Praise me for me. And um, once I realized that I was able to record myself without any help, it was I wanted to do something. I, I didn't go to anyone. I figured it out on my own, and, and I and I completed it. If from there it was over, man, and I was like, yo, I'll never doubt myself. I'll never doubt that I can, I can't. That I I'll never doubt that I can do something as long as I set my mind to it and just you know know that I'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when it started. That's powerful, man. Powerful, powerful story right there. So from there, like, were you like doing more uh, like around school or just different places like open um, mics or talent was, shows? It was it would be years before I'd step on a stage. You know, it, um, you know, my best friend at the time, he was a freestyle rapper. So he was actually the one that was like, yo, you should push your, you know, your poems and stuff to the beats and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and he helped me get to where I'm at as well. Um, and it would be years of us just recording CDs, mixtapes like that, you know, pressing play on the computer, downloading beats from LimeWire, playing them on the laptop out loud, pressing play on the recorder and then just rapping and mm-hmm. doing, everything, doing everything one take. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was almost like that was our digital version of how they used to do it back in the day in the analog, uh, for the internet. And, you know, and I was just like, wow, thinking about it now, it's like, wow, man. My story is so crazy. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to read my own book. Yo, I can't <laughs> wait to read the book, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's so full of just tidbits and and treasure troves of perspective. And, like, I was with Kanye West's producer the day my daughter was born. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, just stuff like that randomly. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, and that's my whole. And I'm thinking about it, my whole life. I could find moments like that. But going back to 
Speaking, of, what's Kanye like in person, man? That's just that throw that gym out there. No, I, I wasn't with Kanye West. I was. I have yet to meet Kanye West, but it's only a matter of time. I was with one of his producers. By the oh, his producer. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I one got you. By the name of Eighty Eight Keys, we were working on a song together in Jersey, and um, that's when I got the call that my wife was in labor. That's crazy. And, yeah, it's a wild story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to that because I don't I don't. I'm just trying to finish the question because you just asked me. Um, oh, shows. Um, after I got the confidence, you know, recording for years and having quality music, that's mm-hmm. when I was able to like go to open mics and, and, and try out and stuff like that. And then it'd be years of that before someone was like, yo, I want you to do my show. And I, and then that's when I started doing book. That's dope. That's dope. An idea for the book, idea for the book. You can, after every chapter, hit them with a little, some bars, like maybe the audio book, you hit them with some bars after every chapter. From the experiences from that chapter, man. That's a great idea. I might have to touch you in five percent on that. <laughs> I would, I would love that, man, because I'm like an audiobook junkie. So, when <laughs> you get a chance, listen to my father's book Raw. The audio version, the the print version is great because the way he writes is very down to earth, like we're speaking right now. Um, but mm-hmm. the audio version is even better because you get his raw, rough. Yo, I was in the streets and I was with it. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> Yo, that's the best, man. You know, I hate those audio books where, where the author doesn't read it, man. You got somebody completely different that's like right? some like, British guy just reading. <laughs> it's like, that's not him. You get the real you guard and it's just, it's just like, and then he starts to get emotional, not emotional like crying, but emotionally connected to whatever he's talking about. So if it's an intense part, his, his vocal pattern gets a little bit more intense. So mm. it's like, it's really like a movie, like you know what I mean, that you're just listening to. It's, it's right. Good when you get a chance. Say no more, man. After the interview, I'm I'm getting that audible ASAP. Say no more. All right, cool, man. So, um, so from there, you're doing the open mics, the poetry stuff. Like, when did you realize, like, yo, this is this is where I want to go with this? Like, well, I knew that it was going to be a part of my life forever. When I heard myself recorded. Like when I went to a, a real studio for the first time, right? Listen to myself, mm-hmm. like yo, this is good, and I was able to just listen to it over and over and over again, good by my standards at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, this is I'm gonna, this is this is what I do, this is what I do now. I'm a I'm a, I'm a rapper. I can I can call myself a rapper, mm-hmm. but it it didn't occur to me like yo, I'm gonna get rich or like this is gonna be like what makes what takes me. This is, I didn't I never thought rap is going to be. Specifically, what they will be talking about as a part of my legacy a thousand years from now. Yeah, you know what's crazy too? Like a lot of people that come up like that, man, they just start doing it just for the love of it, man. And then it just magically happens after that. So that's how it started. You know, I really thought, I I honestly thought that I was going to be the, you know, the first black Steven Spielberg. You know what I'm saying, or the or the next Steven Spielberg, or you know, I guess I guess I thought I was going to be what what's his name, um, Ryan Coogler is mm. to the film community right now. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be that, and I it didn't turn out that way. But uh, well, it, it ain't over yet, man. It ain't it, over yet. Not, definitely not. Maybe I could be you know Ryan Coogler to the next generation. You know what I'm saying? But um, I was going hard with film in the day and music at night. So everyone, most people just saw the film. They didn't really know, like, oh, okay. And if they heard a song, they're like, oh, okay, he's just playing around. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then I started dropping like it was like one summer, one year I was like, oh, I'm not playing no games, and my confidence matched my work ethic, and I just started putting out tape after tape after tape. I put like six tapes out one year. Wow. The next tape, next year I put out twelve. That's and why. <laughs> That's why. All, now it's all the quality. Don't get me wrong, the quality of the music is probably terrible. You know what I'm saying? And I and I went and I used to sell CDs in high school of those songs. Um, mm-hmm. But then I got to the point where I was like, I just go down, find this, and, and really upgrade the quality. And that's when um, producers from around the world started hitting me up. I think this was like, what was this? Facebook. Yeah, hit me up. Through Facebook, this was before Instagram. And, you know, yo, I, yo, I love that table. Oh, I love the song. Yo, like, that's work. You know, either whether they're reaching out to me because I'm, you know, son of the wool or if they actually like my sound didn't matter. They were offering free beats, beats I'd never heard. I didn't have any other way of getting beats before except for LimeWire. You know what yeah. I mean? And then I'm thinking about it like, because I didn't know any producers to even to try and buy beats. Like I didn't even know that process. Um, and I didn't have any producer friends yet. Mm-hmm. So these dudes that reached out to me early on, I was like, yeah, I'll take your beats. Let's do it. And you know, most of them were really bad. But some every once, every <laughs> once in a while. Get a real banger, and that helped me um, expand my creativity and expand my sound. Because when you're rapping over somebody else's beat, that you know they already shaped it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna take that shape, whether you, you know even if you try hard not to, you're gonna kind of take that shape. But if you're getting you know a raw you know raw material, it's yours to do whatever you want. And that helped me uh, really cultivate myself as an artist, having all this production that was original um and then i started putting out projects that had a theme had artwork had you know track listing had quality rhymes had hooks and verses and structure and you know i really took the time to to learn what it meant to be an artist that's dope that's dope and you know one thing i always wonder too like with artists that like you that that use heavy duty vocabulary how on earth do you remember like everything when it's time to, to you know what I mean for a show or time to rhyme like how how does that how does that brain process work are you studying these beats like is it just like this natural divine intervention that just comes into your mind like when you rapping like how does that work so and uh you talking about in regards to uh, like doing a show how does uh, how do we remember our lyrics for shows just in general man I'm like you just mentioned like you did 11 11- at any, I mean, I don't remember the you know names, dates, titles, beats. I don't remember anything. I just remember I put out a lot of content, and I remember people saying like, "Yo, you know, you put out eleven, you put out, you put out sixteen, put out twelve, you doubling, you know." Because I was trying to go crazy. The next year, I would put out twenty four if I didn't <laughs> really, if I didn't, because the way I was doing it, uh, it was so easy. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was easy, cheap, but it wasn't quality. Uh-huh. So it was definitely just content. You know, it was definitely just um. You know, a whole bunch of stuff that, that didn't need to be on the internet. Gotcha. Um, but it takes a lot more than you get in there, rap with what you read on the page, mumble, fumble, and then that's it. And then you put the song out. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes a lot of time to craft the song. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. At any given moment, I don't remember every rhyme. At any given moment, I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> but if it's, uh, if it's for a show and I'm getting paid, for, especially if I'm getting paid for it, I treat it like a job, you know, this is my career. And I, I rehearse, I prep, I practice for uh, just like I would prep 
practice rehearse for an interview or you know a job interview or uh the, you know if I was taking the MCATs or the LSATs, you know what I'm saying? How do those people remember all that information? Like, how do lawyers remember the law? You know what I'm mm. saying? <laughs> like, mm. to me, like you know, just remember my own art is uh it's fun. It's not as hard as as uh as people make it out to be. Um, but it can get challenging at times, you know, especially if you're trying to remember so much, like you got a whole bunch of songs in a set list and then you're doing, you know, you got songs on other people's songs or you got mm-hmm. verses on other people's songs, you know, and then you got to communicate with this person and you got to do this and then you try to make sure you look good and you make, you know, you're looking at the, the women in the crowd. Like it's a lot. <laughs> that is funny, man. All right. So, so you got all that together now, man, and you are traveling, man. You're going to different countries and different places. Like. Was there any place that you went that like fascinated you or that you really enjoyed like, out of all the places like around the world that you've, you've traveled to and, um, you know, either directed videos in or, or wrapped yourself? Like, was there any place that stood out? I have been blessed enough to travel to a good many places on this planet. Thank God. Uh, my favorite place so far, um, Brazil. I went to Brazil, Brasilia, the capital, to visit a friend of mine. And yeah, it wasn't a beach part. It's like in the middle. So there wasn't no beaches, unfortunately, but the, but it's still a beautiful, beautiful part of Brazil. And what I love most about it was it was the first time I had left the country, America, and been somewhere else and felt just like a human being and not like a black man, you know, with all the birds. Mm-hmm and all the fears and all the you know oh what's coming to get me you know what i mean i didn't feel like the most wanted thing on the planet i just felt like i just felt like a person you know you're looking around in brazil you got people as you know as dark as uh lupita and you got people as light as you know michael jackson in the later years (laughs) so Mm. they're all brazilian and they're all beautiful and the police you know, when I heard sirens, I didn't feel a fear in my heart. You know, I just felt like a person. So I would say Brazil has been my favorite place. I didn't get a chance to perform there, but hopefully the next time I go back, I definitely will be there uh, performing. I was almost in Barcelona this year performing a show as Second Generation Wu uh, with Power. It's done a Method Man. But it was, we were supposed to fly the same day. The former president shut the airports down. So <laughs> that just put the kibosh on everything. Got you, got you. Speaking of um, the second gen Wu, like, what is that about? You said you uh, you were performing with uh, the son of Method Man. Yes, we were supposed to do a show in Barcelona, so we, we released a single. Him, myself, Ghostface Son, Sun God, uh, and the son of Old Dirty Bastard, rest in peace who goes by the name of Young Dirty Bastard. We released a single in November of 2019, and the world was like, whoa, Wu-Tang has children. <laughs> and uh, a couple of platforms, you know, with some big names paid attention and that allowed more proliferation um, for our music. Mm-hmm. For the world to be like, okay, they exist. Now let's see what they got. So mm-hmm. since then, we've just been releasing music, um, and then at some point, Tommy Boy Records got interested in the world. We like what you're doing. We believe in you. You know, we see you just getting started. You got a lot way to go. But we believe in you to the point where we want to get behind you and we'll distribute your music. Cool. Yeah. People think I'm signed to Tommy Boy. Like, I'm not. But they are 
distributing our music for now. So they're like partners. Yes. Got you. Got you. Ownership is the new pool. Got you. Got you. Okay. All right. Um, let's get into a little game here, man, just to get some more intel on intel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so this game is called What's Your Favorite? So diving into some of your favorite things, um, you can elaborate if you want or you can keep it short and sweet. Okay. All right. So um, what is your favorite or who is your favorite rap group that is not Wu-Tang? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Favorite rap group that's not Wu-Tang. Like of all time or right now? No, nah, we're not. We're not going to say now. Don't. We ain't going to do that. All time. Okay. All time. All time? Yes, sir. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Black Hippie. Black Hippie. Yeah, you familiar with Black Hippie? I'm not familiar with Black Hippie, but uh, I will be uh, after this interview. That's Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Absol, and J-Rock. Oh, I am familiar with Black Hippie. I just didn't know their names. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. When they come together and as a fist, they, they call themselves Black Hippie. And I think they're like the West Coast Wu-Tang. Yo, yo they, they have some really dope tracks, man, just from... from did they start in high school or around there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been they've been grinding for a while, uh, and you'll hear a lot of Kendrick influences in my music. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Favorite rapper ever. I think I know who you're gonna say for this one too. Myself. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I respect it. I respect it. I, I thought she was gonna say Lupe, but. I respect myself. Um, I've been saying Lupe for 15 years. I'm done. I love Lupe <laughs> Fiasco as a mentor from a distance because we haven't met yet. But I am, for the, for a good, I don't know how long, that's going to be my answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, man. Some people are like, man, he's conceited. What are you talking about? Yo, you should be your own favorite person. You should be your own favorite rapper, man. Like, why okay. not? like yo man don't i'm like yo realistically especially at this point because i don't i yet i don't yet have millions and millions of fans nobody's listening to my music more than me right now mm-hmm. at this point in my career i'm listening to my music especially now that i've been engineering mixing and mashing my own stuff like i gotta be my biggest fan otherwise i'm gonna be in, i'm gonna go insane uh, man we could just say that for all black all black people man be your own fan for real hashtag be your own <laughs> Be your only fans. Facts. We're going to start something. Yo. <laughs> yo, yo, we got to credit. We got to credit Intel for that, man. Be your only fan. Yes. 50-50 endeavor. Let's get rich together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got to credit. Yes, sir. So you're going to give me, you'll give me the five on, on the audio book and, and we'll split the be your own fan. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And all the, all the proceeds from be your only fans to go to, um, Black private schools. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I would love to build, before I leave this planet, I want to build a school. Because that's, oh. that's one way to really leave your mark, is to, in the mind of the youth. I'm going to put you on that too. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, those words just imprinted in my brain and I'm going to remember that. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that, man. <laughs> Don't hold me to it. Hold, hold my, hold, hold me up while I hold you up and let's do it together. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's yeah. you that's build the, one, I build. How about we go school for school, brother? Yes, sir. Go school for school. You build one, <laughs> I build one. I build one, you build one. 
Yo, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Imagine if every, every, not just every black person, but imagine if, every, if everybody felt like that. Yo, That'd but it cool. takes, it takes uh, just a few minds, man, to change the world. So we got us two right now just contemplating on the future, man. Why not? Why not make it happen? So that's, sure. that's to be continued. We got a TBC on that one, man, but that sounds great, man. <laughs> All right. Um, what, what's your favorite? College, yo, we had a lot of fun in college, man. But what, what's your favorite college memory? Looking back, I would say, oh man, I had a lot, man. Like, you know, I was in the fraternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in the fraternity. Shout out to Class of the Five. They, I got kicked out and went back back in. <laughs> um, and I'm now I'm on the board. <laughs> really? I didn't know yeah, that. I didn't know yeah. that. That's funny. Class of the Five National Fraternity Incorporated. I'm the social media. Uh, manager and advisor, so, social media and marketing manager and uh, creative advisor, mm. which means I just I run the Instagram. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's Simplify hard. simple simple terms. I like it. That is a, that is a new career, and also in a, a big career in twenty twenty one. You know, I'm ahead of the game. I'm already running five accounts. You know, that's monthly income. Even if you're doing it for twenty dollars a month, you got five people. That's hundred dollars just to hop in on the Instagram and post a picture every once in a while. Because a lot of people have business accounts that they don't have time to update and manage and maintain. I'm like, yeah, I do that. I, I, I love Instagram. I want Instagram all the yeah. time. You know, the gems. You the gems. Have, absolutely. I'm full of them, bro. I'm like the cave, <laughs> like the cave of wonders from Aladdin. Um, you can hold up the five Instagram accounts in one phone you know, at a time. So if you got two phones, then you can hold ten. You know what I'm saying? So I imagine someone becoming a comp- making this a company. No. Oh. You just, like, I, whoever does that is going to have to give Intel 10%, at least, at least. If you listen to this and you start it, just, just give me a, just give me, if you're not, if you're too stingy to give me my 5%, just at least put me on the letterhead, give me an honorable mention, give me a statue in the lobby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stop. Just give me, give a brother something. Yeah, that's a great idea, man, because there's so many people that run their business, like you just said, are super busy, and it's like, you and need that social media push, you know? You can't you can't function as a business without, especially nowadays, without the social media, man. Try to go to these little mom and pops and explain to them the importance of Instagram. Like you gotta have at least be on it, and and then you know make a, a post a week, and that will increase your business by ten percent per month. Yeah, man. You know yeah. And you know they don't understand that they they think I'm trying to scam them, and you know it's it's, Yo. like, <laughs> Yo, it's crazy because some businesses are still making flies. It's like who who are you giving these flies to? <laughs> Dreams, bro. I saw, I see flyers and business cards. I'm like, yo, I understand the nostalgia, and I get <laughs> business cards is cool. I'm, you know, if I have a, if I ever get an establishment, a business, yes, I'm gonna get business cards for decoration. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna actually walk around and because nowadays, if someone's like, yo, you got a business card, I'm like, take my Instagram because that's direct access. If I give you exactly. my business card with my phone number, you might lose that between the time you get from seeing me at home. But you're not going to lose my Instagram because you're, you're following me and it's in the digital space. So you just got to remember who I was. And if you don't remember that, then it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> another gem. Another gem. Old person listening, get rid of the business cards, man. Yes. No flyers. I, digital business card, I guess. Instagram is the new digital business card. Pretty much. Pretty much. If you don't have a website. Pretty much. Okay. All right. Next one, man. Um, I know like the... Just Wu Tang and you yourself, like you guys love anime, right? So, what's your favorite anime and why? My favorite anime of 
of all time and will always be Dragon Ball Z. Mm. Why? So when you're that age, and I, I was single digits when I started watching, mm-hmm. you are you're attracted to bright colors, light sound, uh, you know, lights and sounds. And it was just a show that would come on, tsunami, after school, and you know it was that was oh okay, so I would just put on Cartoon Network as soon as I got home from school, or it would be on it. Mm. So eventually, whatever so whatever's in that slot is in that slot. You know, like as a kid, you have very little control over the content that's going in your eyeballs, and it could be a roll of the dice of of the thing that. You know, you fall in love with. That's why with my son, I'm just like I'm watching what he's into and what he loves. Right now, he loves dinosaurs, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. You know, he's on his way to Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> but, so I'm at, you know, I'm getting off from school, and one day Dragon Ball Z is just on, and I don't, I'm not really paying attention to the story. I'm just attracted to the lights, sounds, and colors. And then after the repetition of like coming from school and watching the show, I got to the point where it just started to click for me. It just started that I was able to like actually like comprehend what I was watching. Now that I'm talking about this, I, I have not talked about this in this detail. That's why these questions were such great questions. I was like, oh my God, like I love these questions. I'm going to be able to like actually talk about this stuff. Cause you know, people don't ask these questions or, you know, want to hear me go and miss in much detail. About hey, educator mindset, man. Mastermind, man. That's what we're about. This is great therapy for me too. Um, cause I, so, cause like before that, I'm just, I'm just watching stuff and I'm not like, Oh, you know, just watch the stuff. I'm not like, oh, I have a favorite show or like, oh, I need to see the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching this repetition and then I'm like, okay, that's Goku. That's Vegeta. That's Piccolo. That's Gohan. I start to remember names. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, he's a Saiyan. I start to understand. Okay, they have powers. That's the Kamehameha Blast. He's super strong. And then the fighting was, you know, especially the way they hand drew it. It was so amazing and visually captivating to me. Plus, I was also interested in filmmaking at that age. Um, so wow. I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I ne- didn't necessarily know like a, you know stories and stuff. I just knew I wanted to make what I saw on TV. But it started to click to me. And that was like the real first show that I was able to comprehend what I was seeing. It wasn't just lights and colors and sounds. Um, and then it became, yo, I, when I got home from school, like, yo, I want to watch Dragon Ball Z. Like, please, can you put on Dragon Ball Z? You know what I mean? Like before that, kids asked to put to see things, you know, and it, I don't have any memory of that. So I might have had a favorite show before this, but from my memory, this was the first time it clicked in my head. Like, yo, I'm watching a show. There's good, there's bad, there's evil. Like the concepts are flooding in. You know what I mean? Like it awakened my it awakened my mind to the next level. Mm. Um, and then after years after years of that, um, the lessons started to just pop up like popcorn. Like you know. Defend your family, um, train hard, um, take care of your body. Um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, so many little, so many gems like that in this anime, um, that started to awaken in me. And I'm like, yo, like, I learned this from Dragon Ball Z. I learned this from Dragon Ball Z. I learned this from Dragon Ball Z. And then I felt almost to the point where I felt like Goku was like a father figure to me. You know what I'm saying? Especially mm-hmm. my father being absent, you know, traveling the world doing the Wu-Tang thing. And I'm watching the show every day. This is, you know, one of the main male figures in my life is this cartoon alien. <laughs> <laughs> and he helped, but he helped raise me. To, and, you know, and I got him tattooed on my body. And, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, to the grave, man. Dragon Ball Z right here. 
Oh, man. I went to Comic Con. I got to meet the voices of Goku and Vegeta. I got a signed oh, shirt. Dope, dope. That was a huge experience for me. I almost cried. Like, dope, dope. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z nerd, but I <laughs> love it. Nah, I definitely watch a good share of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, like all of that, man. But I, I, I know I spoke to you about this too. Like, um, my only issue with anime, as great as anime is, they got to step their game up with black characters, man. We got to see more. You know, and and I think we talked like Dragon Ball kind of fixed the whole Mr. Popo blackface kind of thing. Um, well, I would focus on the new ones and not the old ones because you can't, you know, sometimes you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So we got to look at the what new animes are popping up because there are plenty of, of positive lead black anime characters, but are they popular? Are they hence, you know, the Iron Man? Are they the Black Panther? You know what I'm saying? Hence Afro Samurai. Right, that was that was Wu Tang, Wu Tang. Um, they had the Wu Tang soundtrack, right, to that yeah. to that anime. This is the score, amazing. Yeah, that was a dope anime, man. I, I got to go back and watch that. Yes, it was. It's on Netflix. I think I don't know how for how much longer, but it's amazing. For sure, for sure. All right. Um, your I actually have an idea not to cut you off for a black anime. Really? It's called, it's called the Black Arachnid. And it's a cross between, I ain't gonna give it away too much because <laughs> people gonna try to take my idea, but it's a cross between Spider-Man and Black Panther. Love it. Love it, take, it. takes place in Africa and there, and no one speaks, and it's, and it's in a uh, African dialect. I haven't decided which one yet, but, uh, if I ever got a chance to, like, work with an animator and an animation company or an anime company, I got ideas. Okay, cool. Here's my, here's my one take. I'll uh, give you a one take. Uh, Make him into his own like super force, superpower. Don't just have him jo- join in the, you know. Don't just have him being an Avenger or joining some, you know. No, this, this, is, this is a separate universe. This it doesn't take place in the in the either one of those universes. All right, all right, Actually, all right. It, it, it takes place in our universe. Okay. Like in our universe, like in the in the Black Arachnid, you could read, you could go watch Endgame at the movie theater. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they they look at that as entertainment as well. Yeah, <laughs> I like it, man. And as great as the Black Panther was, man, I just didn't like the fact that he was like a side character in the Marvel universe. But his his the story, you know, his story so powerful, and at the same time, he's like a side character, like a side piece character. You know what I mean? So I like the character to be. What, what would what more would you have liked to see from him? From him? From, from uh, the Black Panther? From- from what they did with him. Oh, this you're interviewing me now, huh? <laughs> I am because he got not. I mean, he, he, how many he, Marvel has so many um, black superheroes, and none of and only one of them got uh, their own movie. Yes, so yes, like, yes. What, what more would you have liked them to do for T'Challa? All right. I, first off, I wouldn't like. I would have liked him not to die so quick. And um, what was that like? What was the the last Avengers movie when he just, you know? Was um, he the only one that died? That's, that's one. Um, he was not the only one. The so next that was one, plot, and he came back with everybody else. The next one was like the fact that they kind of had him like sharing the whole the whole secrets to the world, like, and um, I feel like the, just man, I I feel like I could do a whole episode on the Black Panther, but um. Just the the conflict between the African and the African American. Have you read the? Hmm. Uh, 
the conflict between the African and the African American, which I think is, you know, it's a realistic conflict, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how I felt about, about that, you know, struggle in the movie. Oh, you mean like Michael B. Jordan's character versus Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I find in a lot of black comic characters is like they have their own like small universe in the bigger universe of the white characters. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like Black Panther has his own small universe in the bigger universe of, you know, the, you know, the, the uh, Avenger characters. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when they get to their world and their universe, they're not as big. So I like. I would love to see a black comic or a black character that has their own universe and they're not connected to other, you know, characters. They might just have their own universe and they do their own thing, but they're not like sidekicks or side roles and things like that. So that's, that's the only. Okay. So I got to, we got to touch on that. Um, <laughs> I would look at it like it's, uh, it's not, he's has, his, he has his own small universe in the greater white universe. Mm. I would look at it as it's the universe mm -hmm. and there's white things going on and there's black things going on and there's Asian things going on and there's alien things going on. Um, Wakanda just happens to be on Earth. Um, if it took place on another planet, then maybe the Black Panther arc would look more like Guardians of the Galaxy with a more diverse representation of life forms. Mm -hmm. um, as far as him being a side character, the way that the stories were written and to include certain characters, everyone was a side character at some point until they got their own movie, if they got their own movie. You know, mm -hmm. they, they sprinkled certain people in certain movies uh, and then they got their own movie or they didn't. And T'Challa, I think he was sprinkled in very heavily and appropriately in Civil War. And we were anticipating it. Like we got, you know, he got the, they got the whole world hype. Mm -hmm. um, and then they gave him his own movie. Mm -hmm. How I feel about the movie, you know, I'm glad we got it. Let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> and it was all black. So whatever issues we have with it, you know, we can't really. It's not. I don't have an issue with the movie itself. I'm just saying like from just superheroes, Marvel cartoon characters. And this is inspiring, man. I feel like maybe I need to make a, a mastermind superhero or something like that, man. Absolutely. I feel inspired feel, right now just from talking about this. About it, get, like, start, oh, oh, it just starts with a page, man. Hey, hey. We're getting a lot of gems from this talk, man. I'm liking this, man. We, yes. <laughs> it's going to be like four or five businesses built from from this conversation, man. <laughs> to this day. And that's important, too, like just us talking about this because... I feel like, you know, as black people, sometimes when we, when we, when we have differences in opinion, it gets into an argument and it's like, you gotta feel like how I feel. Like we have two different opinions and I think that's all good and it's all fine. And we both stated our, our opinions and it's, it's all here. Like I get where, where you, where you coming from. I don't know if you get where I'm coming from, but I, do, I absolutely do. I, and I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, with great power comes great responsibility. That mm -hmm. applies to the creators as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If, if you know you can draw a character a certain way or to, and you can have them sound a certain way and look a certain way, you are, you have a certain moral obligation to be responsible with that. You, do you have to? No, because you can do whatever you want in this world we live in, but the, I find the art that's more morally responsible tends to last longer. Man, that's true. 
Yo, I'm inspired. My brain juices are flowing right now with Mastermind Superhero right now. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> All right. Um, back to your favorite. So what, what's been your favorite thing about directing? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, what do I love about directing? I'm a control freak, so I, I <laughs> the power, the control that you have uh, to command people. You know, when when everyone else knows you're the director, they all relax and they just, you know, the energy becomes malleable and they become, you know, they allow themselves to become pieces in a greater machine to get the greater picture done. And and I appreciate that fluidity and that. Uh, what's it called? Synchronicity. Right. Um, whereas if no one knows what's going on and who's in charge, they're either going to try to be in charge or they're going to do their own thing or they're going to be scared, you know? So I like taking charge because if, if, because it, for my own personals, because I'm one of, I'm, I'm a person too. And if I don't know what's going on, then I'm going to either try to take control or do my own, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if I know what's going on, then I can be calm and I can push my own personal anxiety down. And if it just so happens that I need to be the guy who's in charge to know who's in charge so that my anxiety goes down, then that's what it has to be. And it's been like that since I was a kid, you know, um, not to brag or boast too long on, but everyone was like, yo, what do you want to do? And I always had an idea. I always knew what I wanted to do. And it wasn't like I was like, yo, we're all doing this. But I always knew what I wanted to do. And that made the difference in a group of kids that don't know what they want to do. <laughs> The power of your own mind, man. Because we're all just kids inside adult shells, and some of us don't know what we want to do. We look to the, we look to the ones that know. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. And uh, just speaking on directing, man, I know a lot of people, you know, don't even know what the job and the role of a director is. So, how would you explain that? Like, um, it depends on what kind of set you're on. If you're like, you know, at the Martin Scorsese, Ryan Coogler level. Your job is to, you know, look at the locations and make sure they're to your liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick the actors if that's the power you have in your contract. Um, you know, get the actors ready mentally, physically for their roles. Um, so they can deliver the best performance possible in the, in, in a timely manner because you also have to take into consideration the budget and the amount of money that you're spending each day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you really your job is just the actors and getting the best performance, which is you know not your only job. Like that's a huge part of it, man. You know, right. I mean? like the movie sucks. Like what do what, what do we all do for six months? But um, on other sets though, like I've personally had to be the writer, director, editor, producer. Like I had to do everything and wear multiple hats on a set, and that's hard. But um, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Thank nice. you, bro. Thank you, Goku. And, um, uh, you know, you either get it done or you don't. And, um, but yeah, being a director is pretty awesome. If it's if anyone's interested in it, I would say start out, let's see what it's like to be an actor. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be talking to, that's who you're going to be telling what to do. So before you get in the role of that, see what, you know, what it's like to be them. And then you'll be able to empathize. That's some good advice right there, man. Good advice. And speaking of yourself, man, you went to you went to school for to learn, you know, directing I skills. Did. I went to school with you. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, yes, sir. I know you, but I know you. <laughs> hey, you're from a clown, Zabunda. man. Are you from Zabunda? <laughs> oh man, oh man. Um, but yeah, man. 
So what 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 in what what did you learn or pick up in school from like directing that that you kind of implement into your craft like right now? Well, I had a directing class, and I didn't really learn anything in that class because um, I, I went to war with the teacher. Like me and her, the first time I had a class, I didn't understand in the film of my film classes. You know, all we were doing because we were reading scripts and reading scenes and like we had to direct the, our classmates and i'm just like oh like this it just was a slow crawl anyway i was being an immature you know, like, <laughs> being teacher was just going back and forth so i didn't really enjoy that no time. but wait is there, is there something wrong with going back and forth with the teacher though like if, if you it, feel like it's I, not it a respectful manner oh, okay i got you i got you i, I could have done it more respectfully because i was more i was smarter than her mm-hmm. but um, not in that moment or not in those moments not in that semester anyway I, um, what I, the directing gems that I got or the knowledge I got from directing, I got from being, um, my fraternity's vice president and then my fraternity's president because those are leadership roles. Any right. leadership role you step into, it, it builds you up for whatever other leadership role you want to step into. And the directing is a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being an RA alongside this guy right here. Yes, sir. You're so crazy. You know what's crazy? Like just the amount of like I feel like RA is like a path to success, man. Like it can be if you if you. I mean, well, I got fired from being RA. I don't know if you remember my downfall. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I actually don't remember what happened, man. I don't remember what happened. Yo, you Ooh. got fired! Wow, like <laughs> yeah, I know this is a family show, but uh, no, I didn't go there. I didn't go there. I was gonna say some, some, you know, we had a, we had some, some pretty uh some nice lookers, some of our fellow RAs. Mm. Know, we had some nice lookers. I got some stories <laughs> for, 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 for a later time. I'll That's the after hour story. Yeah. I'll spin you a yarn later on. <laughs> but um, you know, being an RA was cool, man. Yo, yeah, yo, you know what, too, man? Like just with the RAs that got fired, yo, I feel you, man. Like I feel you because. First off, they don't want you to party. You know what I'm saying? They don't want you, you know, you got to get this done at this time. You got to be on duty for 24 hours. You can't go nowhere. Yeah, wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. It's and like. Before I started doing it, they wasn't even paying us. Or they wasn't paying people. I, when I started, they started with the, the stipend. Yeah. You know, per month, which is cool. But before that, people was just doing it for the room and board. I was like, yo, I wouldn't have been able to do it for just the room and board, but you're going to have to give me a little something. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, that I, little stipend I, kicked in, man. It helped a lot. I was, you know, aesthetically, it kept me, kept me fair, man. Uh, it was cool being an RA, man. I definitely abused my power, though, man. I, I was, I, well, not abused my power. I used my power properly because there's a thin line between fear and respect. Mm. And when you got residents that might be trying to put VCs on your door handle because you wrote them up, I need this, no. I, I need them to to I, you know what I mean. I'm gonna work it out with them. I'm gonna have a cop. You know what I'm saying I'm not, <laughs> not going there like rent a cop or super cop. I'm gonna go in there like, listen, what, what you need from me and what can I do for you? You know what I'm saying? Like let's 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 do this. Well, that that's that's war. That's war, man. That's that's I a mean, war. No, it never happened to me, but it happened to. Uh, I don't even remember the RA, but it was a need that they didn't last long. And wow. They, you know, some people get that authority and it gets to the head. You know, you yep. don't, if you were a sophomore RA, you don't go in a senior's room and try and break up a party 
talking about like, yo, I'm the RA and you have to do what I say. That's like, true. Oh, you're gonna get feces on your door. <laughs> that's, that's the quickest way to get feces on your door. Right? Yeah, so yo, some of the gohards went through it, man. They went yep. through it. Yeah, yep. I wasn't like that, man. I was just more like chopping it up, like, yo, listen, man. You was the ladies, man. <laughs> Stop. Ladies. You're gonna get me in trouble in this interview, man. Stop. <laughs> I said was. The adjective or the adverb, I don't remember, is was. Shout out to my, my beautiful wife. He was and is a scholar and a gentleman. <laughs> he did nothing but hold doors open and, and, and that's and smile and stay. And he always had a book in his hand. I never seen him look at any female. <laughs> yeah, you could be a comedian too. That's funny, man. That you know, is funny. If I find myself in another city outside New York and there's an open mic, I'm going to do it because I find it easier and easier to make the people that I know mm-hmm. five seconds and then they have the conversation for 10 minutes. Then if I'm trying to make them laugh, you know, and then if I'm not, sometimes I just get a whole bunch of laughs anyway. So I'm like, yo, I'm naturally funny, but that doesn't mean I can be a comedian. It doesn't mean I'm not going to tell jokes. So I want to hit the open mic and see what I got because I don't want to embarrass myself in work. It will destroy me. <laughs> Bro, they, they will get on stage and, and get in your ear. Boom! Whoa, whoa. They'll throw chopped cheeses at you, bro. Like it's chopped cheeses. Hit them with the Bronx. Oh, you get there in the face with a chopped cheese because you're not funny. Like that is funny, man. Oh man. Okay. I I look up to not just anything that I I I do. So I I wouldn't say I'm a comedian. I tell jokes. You know, I always feel like I just I tell stories in a very comedic way sometimes. Mm -hmm. So because I do that, you know, sometimes voices stuff like that. Um, and I love watching stand up comedy, but it, because I do that, I, I, you know, not just watch stand up comedy, I also watch the interviews and learn about these guys, follow these guys. So I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle, who I believe is the Richard Pryor of our generation. Yes, sir. You know, super talented. He's my, he's the Jay Z of comedy. So if I look up to Jay Z, if, if I'm a rapper and the highest totem is to be Jay Z or, or at someone in Jay Z's position, there can no, can't, can't be another Jay Z. Then, you know, if I'm going to try out comedy, then I would aspire to be like Jason Pell. Even if I'm not trying to be a comedian for my career, but when I step on that stage, in my mind, I'm like, yo, if I'm stepping on the stage and I take this any further than the stage, the end game is to be Jason Pell. Yes, sir. Aspiring to be the best, man. That's that's what it's all about, man, for sure. Why, why would you want to start something and not want to be the best? Absolutely. That's the real question. And that's why I'm like, yo, could I have been a, you know, could I have been a doctor? Could I have been a lawyer? And after being a parent, I'm like, hell yes, because being a parent is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I, know, I know I could have been a doctor or a lawyer, but I wouldn't want to have been no, you know, all right, I work at Staten Island University or, you know, I work at such and such, you know, you know, Selena and Barnes and the <laughs> attorneys, 108-8-8-8-8-8-8. Like, I wouldn't have been, I would want to, I would have wanted to be the head of neurosurgery at New York Presbyterian. Or I would have wanted to be the uh, legal defense attorney for whoever got this snitch uh, Takashi 6 9 out of jail. You know what I'm saying? Because that was a good lawyer. <laughs> that was a good lawyer right there. Yo, so I would yo. the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's important too, man. Just just doing something that you enjoy, man, and not just for the money, man, because there's nothing like it, man. Just waking up every day and just being like, yo, I'm hyped to go to work. Like, who's hyped to go to work? Absolutely. You know how people be talking like, man, oh my God, I got to go to work tomorrow. Like, 
that, I've been through that music. Uh, I'm blessed at this particular point in my life where music, I am, music is paying all my bills and I am, uh, I'm at a point in my life where my lifestyle is being sustained by my art and my music. And it wasn't always the case. I mm. used to work, my first job out of college, my first job was RA. Actually, no. My first job was, I used to work, I, I, was, I used to dress up as Statue of Liberty, hold the sign <laughs> for Liberty Tax Service around tax season. I was 16 years old. That was my first job. That's hilarious. And that was also the first time I got called the N-word. Really? Yeah, some, some good old old boys drove past in a big old red pickup and, and said what they said. While I'm dressed as the Statue of Liberty, like that right there, that what I just told you, that whole little parable, side story, tidbit, whatever you want to call it, I got those for days. Like, that's why I'm like, yo, I want to read a book about me, which is very narcissistic. But, <laughs> yo, know, it's like, really like, not. It's really not. It's really yeah, not, though. That juxtaposition is so crazy. Like, I got the first time I got called the N word, I'm dressed up as the Statue of Liberty. Like, all right, first off, how, they were driving or they were like, what was what was? They just drove past. Tough guys, tough guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And how did you respond to it, man? You're 16 years old. That I, I hadn't really experienced a lot of. I knew what it was, and you know, of course, I knew what it was, but I hadn't really experienced it. In that youthful black people hate some black ones are in when they grow up in the suburbs and they grow up around all white families. And I didn't fully realize what it meant to be called an N word or what it meant to feel like after someone called you an N word or because I didn't consider myself an N word. You know, I knew what the N word meant in society, I knew what it meant to people in, in my culture, and I knew what it meant in the past, I knew why it was created. I knew all the logics and science and the history of it. Mm-hmm. The intel part of my brain, the processing part of my brain, the emotional part of my brain didn't connect to it, so I didn't get angry. I just was like, "Wow!" And I kept it pushing. And that's how I really deal with a lot of racism. I feel, or um, with any of the racism I've experienced in my entire life, um, I did get to the point where the emotional connection is there, but I disregard it or don't let it occupy too much space. You know, for example, I was at the supermarket and bagging my groceries and then there's a woman behind me and you know I finished bagging my groceries she had mad stuff so I wanted to help her get a head start and it was a white woman maybe 30s had be set and I started bagging her groceries and she snatches them away from me she's like those are mine as if I was trying to steal them from her <laughs> and I'm just like oh, okay and then she realized that she saw what I was doing like a split second after she realized and then she was like you know that whole like apologetic like Oh, I'm sorry. I was just being very, very prejudiced right now. Uh, and I said, no, it's okay. Let's, you know, have a good day. And I was saddened only because when I extend myself in moments of kindness like that to any stranger, you know, any matter black, white, whoever, when I extend myself like that in little moments of kindness and I, and I meet rejection, it saddens me as it should sadden any human being. You know what I'm saying? So for me in that moment, it wasn't really a black, white thing as much as it was, um, as it was, a uh, a rejection of kindness, which makes me sad because no one should reject kindness. And then it's like, where is she in her life? Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a sad place, a very sad place. If you're gonna reject kindness, because your instincts should kick in. You know, even if you don't, even if you don't like black people. But that's a co- another conversation right. for another topic. Practicing uh, racism. You know, I want to. 
No, no, this is great. This is great. Practicing racism one on one. You're giving me so many ideas, man. <laughs> I tell you, man, we gotta we gotta add that to the program. Instances of racism. Um. Oh yeah. yeah. So where was I? Um, I was <laughs> racism. School. Black guy. How did it feel? You asked me how did it feel. Yeah, like, at sixteen. But you went. We're talking about jobs. That's what we're talking about. We're oh, talking about jobs. Your right. first job. So, and then I had a job. My second job was RA. Second job of my life was RA. Mm-hmm. And then my third job, I worked for NBC as an intern. Really? I didn't know that. Yes, it was awesome. I, was, I worked in, I worked in the Jimmy Fallon show. What? Yeah, man. Stop. It was awesome, man. I met Justin Timberlake and, and J. Cole, Black Thought, uh, Q, uh, 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 Questlove. What? Yeah, man. Like, it, it was only for about six months. This was my, you know how you got to get an internship in your year. So I got my father was on the show. He met one of the cameramen. This is nepotism all the way, but I deserve, <laughs> I deserve to be there because I'm a filmmaker. You know what I mean? Like take I'm advantage, take, take advantage, man. Why not? And um, so we, uh, yeah, he got me the internship. Actually, he didn't get me the internship. He got me an interview. Mm-hmm. I still had to go and interview and wait that whole four. So it wasn't, wasn't really nepotism. It, it was. You had to do it, it. Was because the rest of the people who I interned with, they kind of got their interviews the same way like it wasn't no one else was there because they just applied on the website uh, you know what i mean like all the yeah. website applicants they they got pushed down to the box the, rest, <laughs> the, the, the people to my left and right you know okay your uncle your your, your mother your cousin your brother because you know the caucasian business world they they do that whether you deserve it or not in yes, my sir in my opinion so that's why i have issues with the rule looking at them still having that mentality of you got to get it on your own and i was like understand that to a certain extent like prepare me but then help me build once you have prepared me you feel me because yes, sir. there's no reason that if you in a certain like I, I i understand get it on your own but if you're a millionaire and i'm i got five dollars how long do you think it's going to take me to become a millionaire exactly and if you can make a phone call to help me just cut that time in six months yes, I'm, not even asking you to, I'm not even asking you to cut me a check i'm just asking you to make a phone call Send a text message, maybe an email. These are little tiny micro nepotistic things that the black community in high profile positions need to be doing for their relatives that deserve it. Agreed. Agreed. Even though the other um, cultures do it all the time and get away with it and no one seems to care. You know what I'm saying? It's like how you run in this company and then you push your son as the CEO and then you go bankrupt. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're supposed to be able to, okay, now the grandson is, and then the great grandson, oh, now we're a billion dollar company. Oh, now we're a $10 billion company. Like that's how it's supposed to be. Absolutely, man. And not only that, but who actually makes it on, like that's just such a, a false tale of I made it on my own. Did you really make it on your own? Like nobody, nobody helped you? And here's how I checkmate people on that immediately, because like I've gotten into long debates about that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially with underground independent rappers. Yo, bro, I, I put all my my money into <laughs> I slept on a bench. It's like, first of all, did you build the bench? Mm. Did you find the bench and someone pointed out to you? Like I could I could go for days showing people like, yo, you, you can't live in this world without receiving some sort of assistance. And that's not a bad thing. And then I'm like, yo, people, the, to the dudes that's like, yo, I read my own contracts. I don't need a lawyer. Who taught you how to read? Mm. Did you teach yourself how to read? Not nobody. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe some monks on the, in the Himalayas. 
<laughs> then, maybe uh, uh, maybe the real Wakanda that we haven't discovered yet. But other than that, the rest of us is getting taught by our mother. And even if we are in a two-family household statistics show, it's still the mother that teaches the children how to read. Facts. Thus, the woman being one of the most important structural foundations of the future. And people need to pay more attention to that and have more respect for women, especially minority women, especially black women who are the minority within the minority. Well said, sir. Well said, well said. I feel like this is the platform to preach that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say it again, say it again and again and again. Black women respect all the way. Loving it. Loving it. And before people come for me and say, well, he's got a white uh, wife and two half-white children. Uh, yes, but I love my black mother and my black grandmother and my black aunts and my black sister and my black cousins. So because I choose to have children and fall in love with who I choose to fall in love with, doesn't mean that I don't have respect for everyone, but especially black women who help make me fall in love. Yes, sir. You know they gonna come for me. You know they gonna come for me. <laughs> that's part of the deal. You you know that until so. got yeah. that white wife, man. That's part of the deal. That's part of the contract, she man. Got, she got bars. <laughs> I think though, she got bars though. That's that's the difference. Let anybody come for us, she's gonna hit you with a hot sixteen, make you cry. <laughs> contract, man. Somebody's getting harder than me. That's interesting, man. That is interesting. But yeah, man, shout out to all the black women teaching their black children, um, growing, developing, supporting their black men. Like, man, 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 man. Love all black women. Yeah. All right. Black, hashtag black men don't cheat. Hey, 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 hey. Another false, <laughs> false normal right there, man. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Who or we don't? That we, that we do, that we all do, that we all do. We got to definitely kill that, man. Gotta kill that. Some do. Some some how about some men cheat? Alright, majority. Majority do. Majority do to keep it real. But, all men. Nah, I'm just not. nah, don't do that. Don't do it that. Ain't a, it ain't a black it ain't a black thing, it ain't a white thing. It's a man <laughs> it's a man thing. Nah, I'm just not. Um it's actually it's a willpower thing. Whether you're a man or woman, yes, sir. if you lack the willpower, self control. Because I guarantee you a person that cheats on their significant other Will cheat on their diet, will cheat mm. on their taxes, will cheat on everything because they lack the willpower within themselves to, you know, self control. And that starts with self love. You know what I mean? That's how we begin the conversation. We have that self love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You could have been a teacher too, man. Could have been a well, teacher. Um, I, I actually, thank you. Um, I'm, I kind of teach. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a manager at a recording studio in Staten Island. That's my nine to five. Mm. Uh, and, this, the artists that come in here, some of them are under 18 or on the 18 mark or 21. Very useful. They just come in with the art. They don't know the business. And, you know, at first I was just giving out free gems. But it's going in one ear and out the other. But every once in a while, someone will ask questions. And then I, I wait for that. Giving them gems. And then I notice that they come back and they listen to what I say because I can observe that they made a change. And I'm right. like, oh, that's what teachers do. And I'm like, wow, I could be a teacher because I enjoy doing that. I was like, yo, this is, I enjoy this. I can be a teacher because anyone can teach, but if you want to be a teacher, you got to enjoy it. You got to love it. You know what I mean? It, it has to make you feel good to in, embody someone else with your knowledge. That's a fact. That's a fact. And I always say the best teachers I know are not technically teachers. They don't have certifications, but 
they will. <laughs> okay, they got the knowledge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Speaking of um, your brand, uh, intellectual uh, management brand, and what you do with that, I know you mentioned like um, on your website too that at first it was just something that you created just for you, like you know what I mean, just for your own brand, and then you transformed it into what you just mentioned with the whole teaching and and things like that. Um, how how long have you been doing that? And then like with with the whole with the whole concept of your goal for the brand. And teaching a lot of these young artists how to become professionals like are there any like success stories yet where you've seen you know these young artists really grow and develop into like serious you know people with their craft intellectual entertainment something i just started saying because you know everyone had their like their, their, their quick shout out you know it was like a, yeah i'm get money gang and you know yeah we the get money squad we the money boys and you know, I didn't have anything, so I was like, you know, well, okay, I'm, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a businessman. People look, you know, they think I'm all serious all the time, and so I'm like, what's serious? Business is serious. Okay, so I'm gonna call myself intellectual entertainment, you know, um, because I also, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's kind of what I make too. My, my entertainment is intellectual. Mm-hmm. So I was just saying it to like tag my stuff verbally, um, in the earlier years. Then when I got, um, I was in a car accident in 2005 and I got a settlement for, for it. And when I got the last chunk of it, which, pretty, which was pretty sizable, it was enough for me to invest in turning that verbalization into an LLC. Um, so intellectual entertainment became an LLC in 2017. Mm-hmm. From there, it was, I used it to uh, copyright, trademark, and own my music from there moving forward. So pretty much my entire career before 2017, I don't own any of that. It's, it's still out there. It's out, people listen to it, you know, but I'm not making money off of it and I don't own any of it, which is fine because it's, you know, it's just, it's art to be shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything from 2017 on I own and I'm making money off of it. Oh. Uh, and, uh, and then about, since I've been working here as a, as the lead engineer and now studio manager, I'm here most of the time. Um, you know, quarantine kind of quieted things down, but I would say about the last two years, I've been doing the engineering thing here and I've been good enough to teach, I would say just this year. So I haven't had much experience, much time with it, kind of side teaching, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen an improvement in my pupils um, in terms of their studio etiquette, which is very important to me. You know what I mean? Like how you come into a studio, how to pay your engineer, clean up after yourself, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how to run the session time management these are all things that are very 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 important that you should these are the basics these are the fundamentals these are the abcs one two threes of being an artist because you don't realize how much time you are going to spend in the studio if you want to be an artist even if you just if it's just a hobby you know mm-hmm. what paying for it or whether it's free you're going to be in the studio for a majority of your life like i'm, I'm thinking about it now how much time i've spent in the studio in 30 years, probably half, like, I can't even imagine, more than half my life. You know wow. what I'm saying? There, there were some days, remember I told you I released 12 tapes. Some mm-hmm. days where wake up, go to the studio, stay there until midnight. Wow. Go home. Because I, 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 at this point, I had the connection. Once you have the connection, you can milk it. And I was milking <laughs> it. Me and that person, you know, we got eventually got into a disagreement because he felt like I had overworked him. And, and I did, really, because we were bartering. I was shooting music videos for him for free. And he mm-hmm. was he was mixing and recording me, 
I'm not gonna say mastering because his skills were trash. Um, <laughs> and and my my skills as an editor were not like as great as they are now, but it was far superior, you know, to to his skills as an engineer. So, so it was like I it's like I was giving him orange slices, you know, and flavors. He was giving me a bitten apple. You know what I mean? Like, what are you yeah. doing? I don't, I don't need this bitten apple. Like, I need a nice presentation. It's not, it's not a fair trade. <laughs> no, um, I feel you. I feel but you. yeah, seeing them, seeing, seeing them improve just in those little ways, but then also in the art, you know, being on, picking better beats, um, asking about ownership, mm-hmm. uh, asking about distribution, asking about marketing, um, you know, knowing when they're too loud in the mic, you know, yo, turn me down a little bit as opposed to just going and start rapping, like stuff like that, you know, um, as far as success stories, not yet, you know. I see potential. I, I would say, if I get, I would say out of the last twenty guys that come here often a month that are my regulars, maybe about three of them, I would see if I if they listen to me, if they really listen to me, they can surpass me. They can they can condense my fifteen plus years into one year. Wow! They just have to listen to me. That's the hardest part when you're young, listening. It's the hardest part. If I would have listened to my father more, because I did listen to him, but if I would have listened more, oh, I'd probably be in a totally different position than I'm in now. Better, <laughs> worse, better, worse, who knows? I don't like to um, pontificate on that because everything happens for a reason. I am yes, sir. And I have no regrets. But yes, listening is crucial. Youth, to anyone listening, pun intended. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listening to the podcast. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, that is definitely um important man definitely important man just practicing really good listening skills and just i feel like sometimes when, when it's certain people saying it like it's your mom it's your dad like man they don't know nothing man they don't know the new school stuff but some stuff is universal man and it repeats so you gotta you gotta pick up on the gems that your parents give you man because they live that life and they they kind of know kind of how to maneuver through, the, through certain things man so you're right and the parents, you know, it's partly on them because they're coming with an approach that's outdated, you know? And then it's like, it's like they're reading from a book of how to be a parent that they got from their parents, mm. which was incomplete. So that everyone's walking around with, with incomplete parenting books trying to be a parent. I, as a parent, I have that incomplete book. I'm going to use that incomplete book and I'm going to fill it in myself before I give it to my son. Because why would I give him an incomplete book? That makes no sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So I want to make sure whatever he needs in terms of the full picture, you know, and if something's not working that I got from this book, you know, genetically from being raised, it's it's not working. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, then it's something wrong with the kid, you know, because this this has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. There's nothing wrong with this. This is (laughs) solid. This is solid. No, it's not solid. Okay. Because I have mental scars. Okay, our generation has mental scars. So there's something wrong with this book that you guys have. And we need to make some adjustments and and try new things uh, in in the world of parenting. Absolutely, man. And I'm going to give you a quick gem real quick, man. I don't know if you'll read it, but there's this book called Hold On to Your Kids by um, Gaber Mate. I'll I'll email you. I'll email you the book. Yo, that that book will change. Resubscribe to Audible. Yeah, that book will change your parenting life, man. Um, definitely amazing gems on parenting that I think everybody needs, man. Just great book. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you an email. Yes, thank you for the recommendation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Um, let's get into another another quickie, quick game here. This or uh, that. 
So choosing between two things, you can elaborate or you can keep it short and simple. All right. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. All right. That was pretty quick. I thought she was going to take some time on that. No, no, Biggie. I mean, I love Pac, but there are, I, I, I can't listen to a whole a Pac album straight through. I can listen to, like, I can listen to Ready to Die straight through. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Biggie, Pac was the better poet. Yes. Yes. Um, and a better activist. Yes, yes. But Biggie was the better lyricist. Okay. And and, and we're talking about music, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Um, spoken word or rap? Rap. Okay. okay. So shout, out to spoken, shout out to spoken word. Or, you know, <laughs> yes, but sir. I like, I like um, with spoken word sometimes if they, and this is just a personal thing, mm-hmm. they're, if the rhythm is random, it's hard for me to stick with what they're saying. You know, some spoken word, it, they'll make a beat. But if it's just, I saw a doll <laughs> running in the woods, raindrop, 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 roller coaster cheese. I can't follow that. You know what I'm saying? But shout yep. out to that too, because that's dope too. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Movie or music video? Movie. Movie, okay. I wasn't expecting that one. Absolutely. All right, all right. Collab or or solo? Solo. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, directing or rapping? Oh, okay. Made, made you think of <laughs> oh, directly rapping. Ah. Oh, so how did I know you was gonna try to combine? <laughs> That's that intel oh, mindset fire. right there. Thank you. Yeah, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Directly <laughs> rapping, bro. Oh, that might be a name of yo, that might I might have to name a tape that or a song or something. You have to shoot me some royalties after this this interview. You don't get the five percent. You don't get your five percent, god dang it. Right, uh, <laughs> what did I say just now? Uh do directly rapping? Yes, yeah. sir. Yo, let me write that down. When I start writing it down, that's when you know it's serious. Yes, sir. Just 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 all I all I all I ask is just you know just put a apostrophe mastermind inspired and that's all that's all that's all we need out here. You know, I'm, I'm, I need a whole verse. What you talking about? <laughs> I need a whole verse. I need I need that intro. That intro that you gave me before. I need that intro and the audio. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, so I'm working on a project right now with this producer by the name of DLP, and um. The, the name of the, the project is called Computers for the Hood. Oh, I like that. And um, I'll send you this beat and um, tell me what you think of it just to listen to. But that intro you gave me, I think, would be a great. Like, if you can chop either chop, chop the audio the way, the way you said it with that first time was perfect. So when you editing, just chop that piece for me, please. And I'm going to put it over this beat. It's like, no one ever did that before. Like, and like people, a lot of, not a lot of people know that. Even some of my fans don't know what I've done, everything I've done, and you know, and I think they should. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All the work well, you're really, putting in, man. Everybody yeah. should know what you're doing, man, for sure. Speaking of all the work that you've done, sir, uh, let's talk about some legacy, man. So going flash forwarding into the future, you know, when um, you're old and gray and people are like, yo, you remember that dude Intel? Like what do you want them what do you what do you want that conversation being? When they say, yo, you remember Intel? Yo, do you guys remember Intel? 
he was that artist. I think he was the son of one of the Wu-Tang Clan members. Anyway, he went on to sell mad records, like more records than anybody individually ever sold as a hip-hop artist. And he, you know, also did a lot for his community, if, I, if I'm not too sure. If memory serves me correct, he built schools and community centers and entertainment centers and hospitals and, uh, you know, transportation. All of his little borough, like, he really did a lot for his island, man. Like, you know, uh, he also changed the world by his, changed the world with his sheer wit as president of the United States. Ooh, ooh. Okay, all right. Yeah, you forgot too. Like he he did an interview on Mastermind that he killed. Um, that's, that's how he blew up. That was the first one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and he was able to to get ideas from the show and you know implement it into reality. And that's why he has all these schools. And oh man, Mister G from to, Mastermind is fire. Are you trying to interview to be my chief of staff right now? Are you trying to be the chief of staff? Yo, yo. Because you know you can be in the cabinet. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. Let's create Let's create some change, man. Brothers, man. I'm only trying to surround myself with smart brothers, man. Yes, sir. Let's create some change, man. All of that sounds... Our our goals are, are, are linked. Are linked. And yeah, man. Um, yo, it was, it was an absolute pleasure, man, having you on. Um, and man, just the gems from today is just limitless, man. I got to review this myself and just go back to some things, man. But yeah, yeah. I can't wait to listen back. <laughs> awesome, yeah. man. Yo, can you, can you just leave us with one final, like your favorite quote and kind of what it means to you? Give me the strength to change what I can, the patience for what I can't. And the wisdom to make a difference. Hmm. Yeah, I think I don't know if that's exactly how I go, but um, that's where my mind is at right now. Loving it, loving it, loving yeah. it. Yo, you know, every artist that comes through, we try to try to get a little sample, a little taste, because I know people are like, "Yo, this dude sounds way too smart to be <laughs> spitting some like tracks." Like, what? This dude belongs behind a desk somewhere. You know, working for IBM or something like that, man. You don't belong as a rat. Like, you got to let them know, like, yo, you could sound super intelligent and have some bars. So let's let's show them, man. It would just shock you how I got through getting shot through my own body. You're playing a sport. We'll be changing my walk. Like, this too hard. I'm playing Monopoly. I'm going to be king. So kissing a ring. Popping that, uh, like you on a molly. My only hobby, just listen to Poppy. Two key, yeah, this almost volley. Almost, almost. Live in the dungeon, my heart is a black box. Lungs black from the cash crop. Run fast from the bad cop. Through the running man with the gun in hand. Smart cop named Cunningham. Dishing out on the punishment, but only God shall the punish man. See, I'm popping like Jon Snow. Told death, LOL, you all do. Booking.com, booking dot. Yeah, I'll be going hard wherever I go. B.O.B. is just a sideshow with some crusty clowns in the Tahoe. Flacco, have got so. I'm just trying to focus on my nachos. I was scared to let the light in, but it's lit now. I'm enlightened. Used to grin while committing sin. Trying to get the ends like bison. I'm a heavyweight like Tyson, but I write bars, no biting. Use lightning when I'm writing. And so I'm worshipped by the Vikings. Ooh, fire! Boy, and so the I N T E double L. I'm here with Mr. G. You already know what it is. Best podcast. This interview has been dope. We ain't never gonna catch nothing like this. This is the 
true experience for the real listeners that's trying to expand your mind. Share this with the world. Let's do it. Oh, I might have to soundbite that. I might all, have to. all day, all day. <laughs> Screw it. Go ahead. That's that's yours. Go ahead. Yes, I sir. No, I don't want no publishing on that. <laughs> yo, 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 Intel. We appreciate you, man. And I know we'll be linking up definitely in the near near future um because you know like like minds have no choice man we just gravitate towards each other you know Facts. you and i <laughs> we gotta go around first let's try try state and have these conversations with people that might not be having this conversation and expand their mind once covid is over and the world is clean we can go and expand people's minds in person i'm gonna I'm hold you to that i'm gonna hold you to that you know <laughs> hopefully i'll be more I, i'll be slightly more famous so you know we'll, we'll have more a little bit more views and listeners to, to spread the message to yes sir and you're more famous than me so i'm just tag i'll tag along man whatever i can do to help you know what I'm <laughs> and one brother to another uh we go way back four flaps on the catalog so. yo speaking of that people don't know so I'm, I'm gonna share real quick before we leave out today man um i don't even know if i ever told you this man but you remember that remember like so let me just tell everybody so in college, I kind of had this idea, you know what I mean? Like being a black male teacher, I'm like, yo, I got to do something special to kind of get in the door, man. So I'm like, yo, you know what? While I'm student teaching, let me like grab my friends and create a skit, you know what I'm saying? And then just present it to to everybody, man. And, and yo, Intel was up on that. You acted on that. You remember that? And then you chopped it for me and you, you, uh, you mastered it for me. I remember editing. I was in it. You were in it. You were you were like the police officer. Oh, the audio, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I was yeah. doing little audio. That that was the beginning stages of me messing around with audio. Look at where I'm at now, man. And look at where you at now. I got your own show, doing your own production, like the growth. I love for it. real. There you go, man. But after that, after you hooked all that up for me, man, my professor. Oh my god, Mr. G, this is this is incredible. They like spread it through like the whole teaching, the whole campus. <laughs> So students were coming up to me like, yeah, I heard, I heard your, um, you know, I heard your skit. Like, it, oh my God, it's great. Like that, and literally, I think that's what got me my first job, man. Just wow, that's, <laughs> that's a blessing. That's yeah, good. yeah. I'm so I had a small role in that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that for sure, man. Um, wow, what, what, what a program, man. This, this was great, man. Um, so, so for the young listeners listening in, man, that might have some questions or want to figure out how to reach you, how to get your music, like whatever it is, like how can they find you? They can find uh, my music uh, on all platforms. Just search Intel, I-N-T-E-L-L. Um, you can also find me at intelmakesmusic.com. Again, that's Intel with two L's. I'm on Instagram, gftd.intel. That's gftd.intel, gifted intel. Um, that's where you can reach me the quickest if you're trying to do and my videos, YouTube, you know, again, search Intel. Um, I also have videos on the Tiny Boy page. Um, Instagram at Second Generation Wu, 2MB Generation Wu. Um, you know, that's the, you know, other songs of the return. Um, definitely do release and promote that music for you. And, um, uh, yeah, that's the, oh, I, yeah, I'm not gonna go on my email, but yeah, that's the best <laughs> way is Instagram and, um, yeah, Instagram. All right, all right. And we'll do this too, man. If you have us like a, I'm on all platforms. Instagram and all platforms. Hit me up. And if you can't find Intel and you have a supremely like it has to be like an amazing question and you gotta be a young up and coming artist, shoot us an email at MRG. 
gmail.com and we will shoot it out to Intel for you. Um, but it has to be, it has to be really, really good. Um, okay. Yeah, you got to know the difference between there, there, and there. If you don't know <laughs> the difference between there, there, and there, don't send the email. <laughs> that's yo. I'm gonna use that, man. I'm gonna use that one. That's that's a good one. Hold on, let, hold on. Wait, let's let's make it a real drop. Okay? If you don't know the difference between there, there, and there, don't send an email. Take that, <laughs> chop it, screw it, echo it, do whatever you want. Yes, sir. Yo, we we getting gems. We getting we getting sound bites. All the whole nine, yo. Intel, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, yes, guys. Yes, sir. We got to stay connected, yo. Yes, sir. Anytime you want to do skin, let me know. And um, uh, separate from this, you know, we should reconnect so we can talk about all of the RA stories, man. Oh, yeah, for, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. You, you got none because you were a church boy and you, <laughs> were and you kept to your books when you were in school. And that's it. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll talk about all those books. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, man. Um, guys, it's, you hear it. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for listening today. And if you didn't get any gems today, I know I did. <laughs> so that's on you. That's on you. And uh, remember, your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind. Everybody gon' respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever. Everybody gon' respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever. Everybody gon' respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever. Everybody gon' respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever, ever, ever, ever. Across the block, sunset, and it's time to leave. Babysitter heard shots ducked down on her knees. Couple young cats just letting the trigger squeeze. One straight shot swung by, you entered me. No life to flash, no thoughts or epiphany. No airflow for a moment, I couldn't breathe. Blood flowing smoother than a musical symphony. What a damn day for the bullets to ricochet. Pick a day where I wasn't walking to live and play. Gotta thank God I'm alive and I live today. Straight shots fly, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Two year old boy with a GSW. Goddamn man, what is this world coming to? What? Four thug dudes pulling jokes, they run and shoot. Mother screaming, baby boy, what have they done to what you? Major done? surgery, I awoke and spoke again. Lost the kidney, doctors kept on poking him. Doctor told family, it's unlikely I walk again, but I did. With the love and support, I'm walking in. One year later, I was out the wheelchair. Damages of life, I can still is still there. Things get quiet at night, like still air. When I drive past a spot where I could have been killed there. Nobody ever should have seen what I saw. If guns all that's left, execute through the right door, gotta use your mind, don't try and defy law, unless it's for your rights, never blink at the eyesore, unless it's for your rights, never blink at the eyesore, unless it's for your rights, never blink at the eyesore, gotta use your mind, don't try and defy law, unless it's for your rights, never blink at the eyesore. Everybody gon' respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever. Everybody gon' respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever. Everybody
everybody gonna respect the shooter but the one in front of the gun lives forever everybody gonna respect the shooter but the one in front of the gun lives forever ever 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 Okay, you don't talk long enough. Now let's go.